Good morning, New Life. Is anybody thankful to be in church today? Um, first off, I hope you guys know my name. It's such a privilege and an honor to get to share God's word today, and I'm just super thankful. Um, just humbled that Pastor Steve and Tammy would give me this opportunity, and I just wanted to honor them and thank them for their yes. They're just great leaders. They're great mothers and fathers of the house, so just thankful for our pastors. Um, got a lot of time, so I'm going to get right into it. Um, we're going to be preaching out of, if you guys want to go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 7. Give you guys some context. Apostle Paul is preaching or sending this letter from prison. Um, he had spent some time in Ephesus a couple years as a missionary, and this is him reminding them of this great gift that they have in Christ the power and the gift of salvation. And I think it's just a timely for us to be reminded of just this great gift that we have. Um, it goes like this. You guys want to stand for the word. Um, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoptions as sons by Jesus Christ, to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Father God, we just thank you, God, that, that it's not a surprise today that we're here, God. It's no coincidence. I just ask you, God, that you would just speak today, God, that you would pour out your spirit and that we would leave more hungry, more alive, and more on fire. And I pray this in Jesus' name. So I know all of us have just kind of got over Thanksgiving and getting prepared for Christmas. And I think most of us, um, are, are, I've been reflecting on just what I'm thankful for in this last year or in the last couple years, right? And... I think as we grow and mature in Christ, what we're thankful for kind of changes, right? I know for me, before it was more things that were, were worldly and things that really didn't matter. And the more I've, I've come to know Jesus, the more I come to know Christ, um, there, there, are, there are things that I'm thankful for that are more eternal, right? Um, the thing about thankfulness is I think thankfulness is one of the love languages of heaven. Because thankfulness will always lead you into an encounter with God, right? It will always lead you into intimacy with him. The Bible says, enter my gates with thanksgiving. And if, if some of you guys are pray, I know for me, it just starts with how thankful I am, right? How thankful I am about all the things God is doing in my life and what he has done. And the presence always comes. Um, so what I'm most thankful for is kind of this first part of this, this section of this verse. And obviously, if you've been a believer for a while, you're just going to say Jesus, right? I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for my salvation. If I can reflect back when I was saved, you know, eight years ago, just like you, my life has never been the same, right? But, but when Jesus found me and, and when I was, I was in that moment, I can tell you my life did not look like this, right? I was broken. I was lost. 
I was full of addictions, and he was, I come to a place like most of us where he was my only choice. And just like a lot of us, we all come to Christ like this, right? We come to Christ with our own conditions, our own desires, our own wants, and we need him to, to we want him to meet us there, and maybe we will serve him. Maybe we will we'll give him everything. But if I can encourage you that that's not the way he comes to us, right? He comes to us willing to give us everything in that moment, right? He loved us the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, right? He loved you the same in your sin as he loves you now, right? You don't ever have to, to you didn't have to do anything to receive this gift, right? We can never earn it or deserve it. It was all by his grace. Um, I love the second part of it. I love the second part of this because it says this, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoptions as sons by Jesus Christ himself. I love this part because we're not actually supposed to stay the same way, right? Um, he's called us. He chose us. He chose you. He called you. He predestined you. He knew you were going to be here today. If you're here for the first time, you didn't, it wasn't your choice. He actually chose you. He actually brought you here today. He, he probably gave you that idea, right? Um, he's been calling you and wooing you your whole life. But it's only through love and it's only through relationship that we can actually change, right? It's, it's through that, that, that relationship of, of, of you communing with him, you intentionally seeking him. That's going to bring change in your life. And I know like most of us, we've given a lot, we've changed a lot for relationships in our life that didn't produce any fruit, right? But, but God is a God that is, that is good, that he's faithful, and that, and that he will never leave you or forsake you. Um, and my favorite part is the end, and it says this, that we've been adopted, says, in the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of his grace. Right? We have been called. Jesus came and died as the son of man so that we can be sons and daughters of God, right? This is the good news, that the blood of Jesus covers it all, that it's been finished 2,000 years ago, right? That, that it's done, it's finished, and it's, it's over, right? We get to come to this place. We have this grace in our life that as soon as we repent, as soon as we ask for forgiveness, his grace abounds. Am I right? But a lot of us... True repentance isn't just repenting, it's actually turning from your sin and not going back to that same place. But you only can do this through this relationship with, with Jesus. We live such an incredible life in Christ, right? There's no reason that this life should be ordinary for you guys. The fact that we commune with a God that is bigger than anything in this world, right? The, the heavens and the earth, are, are, are he spoke in his word, um, we have so much to be thankful for. And I, and I want to leave you guys with this. There's a story in the Bible about a young man who, who gave everything that was in his hand. Everybody knows this story. The one that I'm talking about, it's out of John 6. And he gave the five loaves and the two fish, and he, and he gave them to Jesus, right? And we see Jesus as he lifted it up and he gave thanks and it multiplied and it, feed, it fed 5,000 and actually he had more than what he started with. Um, there's something about thankfulness. 
Thankfulness will always bring increase in your life. Thankfulness is contagious. Thankfulness will, will, will always lead you to a, to a deeper encounter with God. And I just believe, and I'll leave you with this last word. I believe God can do more with a thankful heart than a heart that's not thankful. Thank you, guys. I'd like to introduce incredible speaker, Misha. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Sunday. Ooh, look at everybody. I want to say good morning and thank you to our online family watching. Pastor Steve, Pastor Tammy, we love you. We miss you. Thank you for praying for us and entrusting us to share the word of God today. Amen, right? Thank you, Lord. All right, well, my name, oh, let's give it up for Frank. Was it Frank great? Yes. We love you, Frank. Thank you, Jesus. So my name is Misha, and I have the honor and the privilege to serve in the Connect Center um, with greeting and, and see so many familiar faces. And you know what? Pastor Steve was right. The 11 o'clock service is better looking than the 9 o'clock service. Oh, wait a second. Did I say that right? Is that the way the joke goes? Uh, I'm sorry. Just kidding. Everybody looks great. Muy guapo. Muy guapo. Muy guapo. So uh, today, um, the Holy Spirit has put it on my heart to share a message called cruise ship or battleship. You know, it was one. Oh, before I dive in, let's go ahead and let's give it and, and put it in prayer. Father God, Lord, before we move another step forward, God, I just want to pray for your presence, Lord God. I just pray, Lord, that we could be ready to hear your voice, Father God. We pray that every word that is spoken is saturated in your love and your anointing, Father God, with your power. And we just praise you and give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, so cruise ship or battleship. Um, it, is, it was once told to me, it was once said that uh, when we say yes to Jesus, we are not joining a cruise ship. We are joining a battleship. You know, and, and I love that. That really sat with me and I and really thought about it. Um, because, you know, for anybody who's been saved for longer than a day, you know how true that statement is. It sometimes feels like the crunch gets even harder, right? But you know what? Um, we may be looking at in, in times today where we're facing, you know, some real challenging and disheartening things in the world that we've never seen before. We've never gone through, right? But, you know, even just let alone in our everyday individual lives. I know I got day-to-day -day challenges, but you know what? We have good news. We have the good news. We have Jesus Christ. And Jesus says in John 16, that in this world, we will have trouble, but we are to take heart because he has overcome the world, right? Um, we, you know, we're, we're in this war on a daily basis. Uh, you know, our enemy, you know, he comes at us on a, on a daily, right? And we know that, we know that, but Jesus, Jesus himself has even fully disclaimed in the Bible that, you know, um, we're going to have, we're going to have troubles. We're going to have trials and tribulations, but he has also provided us with all we need to stand and fight the enemy in every way to overcome and to overcome victoriously. So today I'd like us to just uh, dive into the word in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. We're going to talk about the armor of God. Amen. Let the Lord remind us of what he has for us. So this is out of the NIV, starting verse 10. It reads, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. 
Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Amen. And with that, I just wanted to um, point out five good points that the Holy Spirit spoke to me while reading these verses. And the first one is, first point, if anybody's taking notes, no worries if you're not. But the first point is, know your enemy. We need to know who our enemy is. Verse 12 um, you know, reads, and, and, and it uh, encourages us to know we are not fighting people. Don't let the enemy fool you with the thought that, you know, we are against each other because we're not. We are to be one in Christ. So that's point number one. We got to know who our enemy is. Point number two, be in the word daily. Verse 14, the belt of truth. The belt of truth, and we all know what the truth is, and that is the word of God. Just as a belt holds up our outfits, we need to be in the word to hold us up, to keep us accountable, to help us be able to stand on the rock on a daily basis. That's our point. Point number two, be in the word daily. Point number three, keep our mind free from lies. Verse 17, the helmet of salvation. I like the translation in the passion translation of this verse. Um, the passion translation for verse 17 uh, reads, Embrace the power of salvation for deliverance, like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. I don't know about you, but I hear lies constantly, and the enemy is a liar, right? So we have to learn to just shut those lies out. But we need to know who we are. Know that you're a new creation. Know that you are saved. And we need to know that we are loved beyond measure, right? Give ourselves some grace, right? Point number three. I'm sorry. Point number three, keep our minds from the lies. Point number four, speak the word of God. Verse 17 is the sword of the spirit. We have to use the, uh, the, the word of God as our sword. We got to speak it. It's awesome. Yes, we need to feed ourselves with knowing it and reading it. But as you know it and you read it and it gets ingrained in you, you can then speak it out loud over your circumstances, over the, you know, the lies the enemy does speak. No, I am a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. When he comes and he tries to lie to us and tell us what we were, you tell him who you are, right? We are chosen. We are forgiven. We are loved and we are saved. And then lastly, I'd like to just encourage us, pray for everything. Let's be people who pray. Verse 18, I just want to read that one over. It says, and pray. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. 
With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. New Life family, we may be on a battleship. It may feel rocky from time to time. But you know what? And, and, and life isn't always easy. Sometimes it may even feel a bit unbearable. But we can take heart. We can take heart knowing our God is faithful, that God is our strength, and that he has given us clear direction and given us, we are fully equipped to know how to stand, how to fight, and how to overcome. Amen? Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for this time. Thank you, everybody. It's been a pleasure. It's my pleasure to introduce Mr. Tony Lyons. Good morning, New Life. Good morning. How many still fall off that turkey y'all had on Thursday? <laughs> First, I'd like to give honor to God for the opportunity to stand before you and to thank our lovely pastors, Pastor Steve and Pastor Tammy in their absence. And we just continue to pray that we'll see their faces here again real soon. So when I, when I was asked to, um, to speak, I was going to God and asking, okay, Lord, what do I need to hear? And um, because, you know, you need to make sure that what you're talking about is, is transforming you too before you try to transform somebody else. So um, I was reading this article and it said um, there was, there's a few questions that every believer should be asking themselves from time to time. And one of those questions kind of stuck out with me. It said, what more can I do for him? And that brought me to the scripture from Colossians chapter 4 verse 6. And it says this. It should be coming up on the screen. If it's not, I'm still going to read it to you. It says, let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And when I say let my, my first point is this, let my speech be full of grace. Our speech as believers should be courteous, humble, and Christ-like. When people hear us talk, they ought to be able to hear some Jesus. It should also be honest and without hypocrisy. Believers ought not to be sugarcoating anything. We speak the word of God, we speak it in truth, but we speak it in love. Now what our speech should not be is full of gossip or unclean and bitter. Those are the things that should not proceed out of the mouth of a believer. And when I say Christ-like speech, this is what I mean. In order to speak like Jesus... I got to know what he says. And if I, I want to know what Jesus says, how am I going to find that out? I got to get into the word. There was a movement that started back in the 90s. It was called, what would Jesus do? And that's a great question to ask yourself. But you can't honestly answer it if you don't know what Jesus actually says. So as I get into God's word and his word starts to get more into me, then my life starts to reflect who he is more and more so in me. When I'm filled with the spirit, he gives me that power to respond to the world in a way that shows he's in control and not me. Now, some might be asking themselves, why does my speech have to be full of grace? Everybody else is out here talking and saying whatever they want, anytime they want, but I got to hold my tongue and be full of grace. Well, here's why. Because Jesus is full of grace and truth. And he's the one that we are supposed to reflect. 
And when I say that, what do I mean by that? It's because it's, it's this. It looks like this. When I'm filled with, with the Holy Spirit, now I, I want to warn you if you've been walking with the Lord for a short amount of time, the world is going to start to squeeze you. It's going to start to press in, and some things are going to start to come out of you. And what the Holy Spirit does is before those thoughts in my head turn into words, and those words into actions, and those actions into consequences that are going to get me in places I don't need to be, the Holy Spirit says, stop. And he asked me this question, is this how you honor God? Is this what it looks like for you to be full of my grace and my truth. Whew, in that moment, I get convicted, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I hear you. Have your way. Let me shut my mouth, and let me let you speak. I exchange what my flesh wants to say for what God wants to say because my words are never going to build anybody up if they're coming from my flesh. Only the word of God is going to do that. That brings me to my second and last point. It says, let my words be seasoned with salt. Now, I don't know if you know a lot about salt, but I'll give you a couple of things. It's an amazing mineral. It's also a natural preservative. But in our bodies, if we have too much salt, it can cause some things. High blood pressure, hypertension, and possibly death. If we have too little salt, it can also cause some things. It can cause dehydration, confusion, coma, and possibly even death. There has to be a healthy balance that's struck in our body so that we can stay steady. Or oh, for y'all to like those big words, we can stay in a state of homeostasis that keeps us right. <laughs> now, if we look at this from a spiritual perspective, if we're too aggressive in, in being the salt or sharing the gospel of, of the, the good news, if we're too aggressive, what does it look like? We're beating people over the head with the word of God. We're trying to cram it down their throats in one sitting. And what does that cause? It causes them to move away. It causes them not to want to hear us because nobody wants to listen to you if all you're going to do is beat them up. Nobody wants to hear that. So, if we go too hard, we're going to run people away. On the other side of that, if we go too soft, people look at us and they, and they don't even know whether or not you're a Christian. They, they look at your, your life, the way you talk, the way you walk. They don't know what you are. They're left in a state of confusion. So both of these things, both of these extremes serve to do this. They leave people in a state of spiritual death. And that's not where God wants them to be. So when, when, when we miss the opportunity, now God has to bring somebody else in to, to catch that lost sheep. Now, as believers, we are commanded to be salt. Salt is a preservative. We are preservatives, not corrosives. We are an enhancement, not a detriment. We, we strike that healthy balance through the power of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 18.21 says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat the fruit and bear the consequences of their words. On average, we make about 35,000 choices a day. So every word that we say is a choice, and the power that resides in our tongue, we have to choose whether we're going to use it for good, speaking 
grace and truth and life or if we're going to use it for evil, allowing it to be a tool of destruction that causes nothing but death and decay. Whatever choice we make, be sure you will eat the fruit and, and bear the consequences of that choice. And I'll get ready to draw to a close with this. Grace, grace is a beautiful word. It's such a rich word because inside of that word is wrapped up all of God's love presented to us in, in the perfect gift of Jesus Christ, a gift that we could not earn and we do not deserve. So as, as we get ready to celebrate Christmas and move into this season of love and everybody's all sweet and thinking about chocolates and all these things, I want us to remember to be salt. Remember that our words have power. Words from God can lift up. They can provide life to those who hear them. They can bring help to those and make them excited about what God has called them to do. They can build their confidence in who God has made them to be. So I encourage you today, New Life, let your light, let your speech be to others and, and let the way that we live be full of grace and seasoned with salt. This is how we answer a sick and dying world that is in need of Jesus more than it has ever been. As believers, we are not death dealers. We are messengers of life. And as messengers of life, let us speak words that bring joy, that bring encouragement, that bring life according to the word and the will of our king, the one who calls us to be the salt of the earth. God bless you, new life. I'm going to bring the next speaker to the stage, our last speaker for this morning, my brother Terrell Penny. Amen, amen. Praise God. Praise God. It, it hasn't our hearts burned with what the Lord has spoken to you today? Who's been touched so far by everything that the that our God being thankful? Being, being, being in a battleship or a cruise ship. You on a battleship or you on a cruise ship? It depends on where you at, right? It depends on what season you're in. And having our, having our lives, our words, season, season, having our lives season. I, I just want to, I want to say, first of all, thank you, Pastor Steve and Pastor Tammy, for the opportunity. First, giving honor to God, who is the head of my life. And, and everything that he has done for me in my life. If, if God has saved you, if God has brought you back to life, give God a hand praise. Give God a hand praise. If God has brought you to a place where now you can grow and you can trust in him with your whole heart, you, should, you have a reason to worship. You have a reason to say thank you. You have a reason to give your life. You have a reason to be hopeful. Amen? You have a reason to give God your everything. Amen? Amen. And I know this past week we had Thanksgiving. And how many of you guys got to enjoy Thanksgiving and, and be with those that you love? Amen. And pray for those that you really, really wish you could love better. Amen. But today I want to talk to you about how to carry joy. How to carry joy. And I know in this season it's tough to carry joy. And I know in this season it's difficult to carry joy. But I want you to understand that with God, all things are possible. 
With God, all things are possible. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So I want you to see three things. When I'm done, I want you to understand three things that carrying joy is not. So that way we can understand what carrying joy is. My first point, carrying joy is never a struggle. Everybody say that. Never a struggle. Write it down if you're taking notes. Write it down if you're not taking notes. Carrying joy is never a struggle. Like in, in, in Hebrews, it says, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd, cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Therefore, let us throw off every weight that so easily entangles us. Let's throw off every weight that so easily entangles us. What is that weight? That weight has a lot to do with what we experience. Amen? That weight can be our excuses. That weight can be our, God, I don't know how to carry this joy. God, I've, I've been through so much in my life, you don't understand. I can't carry this joy. I've been through, so, I've, I've experienced so many difficulties in my life. There's no way I can have joy. That weight can be our excess. That weight can be so many things going on. I, I got to take the kids to this thing. I got to take my, my family to this. My, 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 my family needs this from me. My, my friends need this from me. I don't know how to carry this joy. That weight can be that example. God, you don't know how my father abused me. God, you don't know how my mother used to talk about me. God, you don't understand the life that I lived and the people that, I, that we're surrounded by. Lay aside every weight. Lay aside every weight that so easily entangles us. We get so wrapped up in everything that happened to us in the past that we don't understand that God has already called you to a greater future. God has called you to believe in him, to trust in him again, to live again, to breathe again, cast aside every way. All those these situations come up in our lives and they're not convenient. Amen. Carrying joy is never an inconvenience. Carrying joy is never an inconvenience. Paul puts it like this in Romans. Therefore, again, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have fear. We don't have anxiety. We don't have despair. We don't have depression. We have peace with God through him who have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in hope of, of the glory of God. Not only so, but also the glory, we glory in our suffering. Because we know that his suffering produces perseverance. Suffering produces, and perseverance produces character. And character hope. And hope will not make us ashamed because God's love has been poured out into all of our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Through this, through this, we can carry joy. Through this, we can carry joy. In this, we can carry joy. A lot of times, we don't feel that joy. We walk through this earth in darkness, 
and in sorrow. And, it, and I'm saying, I'm not saying that joy, carrying joy is going to be easy. Because God puts it like this, in this life, you will have sorrow. In this life, you will have trouble. And Jesus say, do not despair. Because I have already overcome the world. Jesus has already overcome our despair. Jesus has already overcome our fear, our, dis- our anxieties. He's already overcome so we can carry a joy. Finally, carrying joy is never of ourselves. It's not of ourselves. We're not carrying this joy because we have it in them. I often get told, oh, you smile all the time. You must be such a happy guy. You must be happy. No. Wrong. (laughs) Not happy. Joyful. Happiness, happiness is only circumstantial. I could be happy in the situation. I could be sad in the situation. But I rejoice in all things. I have joy in all things. It's not of me. But when I said yes to Jesus so many years ago, I realized this. I don't have to carry that weight. I don't have to go in despair. I can leave it all at the foot of the cross. I can come to Jesus just as I am. And he'll accept me the way that I am. You can come to Jesus just as you are. The Bible says, Come to me, all of you who are lame and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, and I will give you rest. Today, Jesus is calling you. Let it go. Let it go. Stop carrying the weight of your past. Stop carrying the snares that so easily entangle you. Stop carrying the things that God didn't intend for you to carry. And carry joy. Carry joy. Carry joy. Carry joy. You're so this This season is a heavy season for a lot of people. The ones that we may have lost. The ones that we may have encountered that has done us harm. It becomes heavy for us. But our strength is not in us. In Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10, says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Before I go, there should be a picture coming up. I know that is not of me because 
When I said yes to Jesus, when I gave my life to God, before that I wasn't carrying joy. I was carrying shame. I was carrying addiction. I was carrying anxiety. I was carrying fear. But because I let go and I put all my faith in God, he gave me joy. I didn't title this message, Find Your Joy, because the world would tell you, find your joy, find your happiness, find your peace. No. Jesus found you. And he said, give, give me everything. And it, I'll give you an exchange. Last week, Pastor Philip talked about changing your greed for gain. Let it go. Carry joy. And it's not of us, but it's of God. Because over 2,000 years ago, he, laid, he took on all of our burdens and he put it on that cross for you to say yes today. For you to say yes today. To carry joy. To say yes to carry joy. Amen. As our worship team comes. I want to encourage all of you. Believe again. Know that there's hope again. Know that when you come into this house, God can do a miracle in your life. God can change you. In exchange, your beauty, he'll give you his beauty for your ashes. He'll give you his sorrow, your sorrow for his joy.